On today's show, we're going to continue our interview with one of our EGI members, Ben Carter. Welcome to Cracking the Code, the show that helps you overcome the challenges you face every day in contracting and keeps you on the cutting edge of emerging trends and best practices. Now, before we get started, I want to run a short clip from our Seizing the Summer series. This is a 16-week program that launches June 1st and goes on every Monday for 16 weeks. So, talking about driving the peak season potential to what I call the rush, the flush, and the crush of summer. So what do I mean by the rush, the crush, and the flush of summer? So the rush is you've all of a sudden, we've come out of the spring, weather's heating up, and you get the rush of the demand of the people and the service calls, right? And so people are all of a sudden, they're going nuts, they're going crazy, they want to do something, they put this thing off, and now all of a sudden they got to do something. You get that first hot spell, that heat wave, and it crushes the equipment, and the demand just goes through the roof, both on the service side as well as on the sales side. So again, how are we going to handle that? On the front side, obviously the calls are coming in. The, the website forms are coming in. We need to respond to those accordingly, and that's what that, that service and sales priority scheduling does for you, is it gives you the ability on the call-taking side to handle this, and the dispatch side. And so we, we're talking about repair and replacement. We're not talking about the tune-ups. When you get busy, you have to kind of push the tune-ups to the side. You may still owe customers tune-ups, but you may have to push those to a side, uh, side to take care of those people with no heating and no cooling in your peak seasons. Right now we're talking obviously about the peak heating, the peak season of summer and of course the cooling season. So the rush is people are going nuts and calling you, the demand is increasing, service calls, leads, so forth and so on, you've got to handle that rush and influx of customers, right? You're not, because you're now flush with opportunities. You might even be flush with business. And so I got opportunities on running those service calls, but I also get opportunities on running those leads, which translates into business, which may translate into a backlog. And so I have to manage the, the flush, being flush with opportunity and handling. It's a good problem to have, but you know, what card should I be playing? And then crush. We don't want to get crushed. It's never good to get crushed. So we have to manage the schedule adapt, adjust, and execute. This is going to happen. Act as if it's going to happen. Know what's going to happen. Go into the season with a plan. Now, if you're a premium member, you already have access to this, so make sure you tune in. If you're not a premium member, go to egaa.org summer and learn all about it. Now, a while back, we had the chance to do a lunch with one of our EGI members out of Colorado Springs, Mr. Ben Carter, run SoCo Heating and Cooling. So we invited him over to chat with Gary Ellix and our team about everything regarding running an HVAC company. In this segment, Ben is going to talk about recruiting new employees, background checks, Gary's thought on Ben's progress, and setting big goals. Let's join Ben now. What's the biggest, now that you're kind of more into the pro training, you're doing the break room, you know, infiltrating the training into all your people now and all mm -hmm. that. What's the biggest difference between that kind of culture and then before when you didn't really have the training or when you were always just looking for it? Is it feeling? Is it just, is there more confidence knowing you're going where you want to go? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, actually just having a clear idea of what those next steps are, you know, the idea of actually being able to plan ahead um, 
you know, it creates a whole lot of um, stress reduction, I guess, is the best way to put that. You know, not, not feeling like you're just out there sort of floating. You know, there was, there was times when, you know, if there wasn't something for you to have to, you know, some fire to put out right now, then you thought you were doing great and you were done for the day, right? You know, all the smoke is clear, nobody's on fire. We're good, we don't have anything else to deal with. And then, of course, that just allows for other fires to pop up because you're not paying attention to them now. So going back then, you know, to the technician that you taught, you know, still in your course, you know, one of the biggest challenges for a lot of contractors across the country and Gary knows this is finding good help. Mm -hmm. Where do you, what, what did you use? I mean, are you recruiting out of school? Um, My. My best, my best folks as far as adaptability and, you know, uh, a lot of the work ethic and those sorts of things, um, those have come from super fresh kids heading into the school programs. Wow. Um, They're hungry, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Now, at the same time, those have also been some of the worst hires that I have made with some of those same folks. But um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of them that head in there with the anticipation of I'm going to go to school for a year and come back out and, you know, get paid 30 bucks an hour to go talk to four people a day. And, and that seems to be the mentality. And so, you know, you, you, you have to find, you know, folks that have a, a, a little more of a hunger, you know, the, the industry. If you want to go and, and serve, you know, three, four customers a day and be home by five every day, you know, there's, there's maintenance companies and stuff like that. And that's, yeah. that's great for, for those folks, sure. you know, people that are really trying to, to hustle and build a future for themselves, though, that's a totally different, you know, mentality, a totally different person. Do you do background checks? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it, honestly, these the, 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 you kind of have to nowadays. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've got, you know, Google Home Services and stuff like that. If you don't have all of your staff up to snuff and up to par, you can't be a part of the program. You know, and, and while it's not a, a massive, you know, lead generator, it's, it is substantial for us. So, you know, that's a, that's a piece that has to be there. Um, you know, plus, you know, when you're dealing with, with residential HVAC, especially, you know, you're sending people out and it's usually mom and the kids that are home, you know, so if, you know, some, some dude rolls up, you know, missing a bunch of teeth with a bunch of, you know, <laughs> sores all over his face right. and, you know, right. it doesn't go real good for, you know, that company, you know, image, at least not you know, the company image that we're trying to put out there, you know. You know, I don't know, maybe there's a meth air or something out there that's, that's finding some success, but that's not quite our business model, so. That's a joke. Exactly. There'll be one soon, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure. You put it out in the universe, oh, man, somebody will start it up. That's for sure, brother. That is for sure. <laughs> That's one that's unique, I tell you. <laughs> you know, yeah, so you, you've got to background check the folks and stuff, yeah, so. Yeah, 
you know, and, and one of the things that we've struggled with for, for our side, because we've gotten, we still struggle with, you know, the employees and, you know, how do you staff up and have enough staff, you know. Sure. Um, so to some, some degree, it's been a matter of trying to control the growth a little bit so we can develop those people so that we have them ready. Right, exactly. Um, you know, so that's, that's something that's, that's definitely happened with us. And then um, you just have to keep trying to find the people and then you have to have a really clear idea of what it is that you want to represent your company. Right. And then you gotta figure out, now that you know what it is that you're looking for, now you have to figure out what it takes to find those people and what it takes to convince those folks that you're a safe place to go for their livelihood and for right, their exactly. family. Right. Um, you know, and then you have to, you know, entice them over and then you have to continue to execute or you'll lose those people. So, you know, it's, it, it, it's again, it, it just goes back into all of those processes and policies and things that you kind of have to build out you know, earlier on, if you're lucky, you get to do it early. If you're not lucky, then you get to, you know, have Gary come in and point at all of the stuff, and then you have to go and undo and redo it, which is, you know, even an installer, you know, we know that too. You know, if you don't do it right the first time, you have to undo it and redo it, and now you just did the job like three different times. So, yeah. It gets a little more painful, so if you just do it right the first time, you're a lot better off. So, unfortunately for me and for a lot of guys that I know in the industry, we're not real good at uh, forethought, you know. I think that's how half of us wind up in HVAC anyway. <laughs> but by the time we grow up, we're not sure what to do. and. <laughs> yeah. HVAC seems like a solid place to yeah. try and, you know. It does seem like some of the some of the more successful people I have found in this industry, they do tend to be some squirrely folks that have taken a real circuitous route to where we end up at. But yeah, well, Ben's going to be just fine. So people want to change when they're ready to change. So um, comes down to priorities. You got to choose the right priorities. So the process is, you know, you, you look at all of it and uh, you filter it and try to organize it into groups. This is the stuff you need to do right away. Low-hanging fruit, this is the stuff you do next. And this is the stuff that you, knew you do, you know, sort of out there. And then it, it should become a recipe. It should become a planning process, you know, uh, a repetitive. The, the goal of... Um, most consultants, unfortunately, is they, they want that to be an annuity. And so they, they want to bill you, you know, like an attorney with an egg timer and, you know, sort of constantly have that recurring revenue. But if you're doing it right, the goal is to teach somebody how to fish and give them a process. And the process, you know, should um, supersede the consultant. So really, if you're doing that in more than a year's time frame, I think a lot of contractors would benefit from really thinking through who they're choosing and why they're choosing a relationship. So um, if, if Ben uh, doesn't have his work plan and uh, the ability to do it himself you know, within a year, then we, I don't think I've done my job well. So um, he should be able to then simply reach out for information and touch and say, well, 
I want to grow into Pueblo or I want to do plumbing or I want to start a you know a uh, indoor air quality division or hire a comfort advisor whatever whatever it is you can just grab information and apply it into a system so the goal would be to teach contractors you know a system a platform so um, I think he's doing great I think he's gonna be absolutely where he wants to go so Ben hasn't said it but he's got some pretty interesting long-term life goals and so one of the first things we talked about was well gosh you know what's it look like when you're done when you've baked the cake what do you want and uh, I'm not gonna put that on video because I don't want to <laughs> embarrass you but thanks part of that conversation was well if if that's what you want you have to build a business that doesn't need you that's your it, you could transfer it to your kids you could um, have somebody run it for you or you could sell it and it would be valuable. And so we reverse engineered you know, his long-term objectives backwards to look at um, this is how you get there. So this is where you are today, this is where you wanna be, there's uh, this road in between and you reverse engineer that and you put some, put some goals to it. And so that was fun, that's, that's, the, that's the personal side of the business relationship. So. A lot of people work for money, a lot of people work for their families, other people work for different reasons and goals. Not everybody's coin operated. And so uh, in this case, I think Ben and his family have some very interesting ideas about what they want to do sort of post working in the HVAC plumbing trade. So it's good, doing great. You know, it's... Uh, I've spent most of my life working, and I would like to get to a position where I don't have to work anymore and can go out and explore the world and do all of those things that I've not done. So, you know, our, our little, you know, if I have my big, my big, big hairy dream out there, then, you know, I, I'm going to retire onto a big old boat and sail off into the sunset, so. It's not just a boat. A, yeah, uh, I said a big a old 70 boat. Seventy-foot-plus catamaran. It's a solar-powered. Solar-powered. Very specific. Type it of is. Boat. It is solar-powered, ocean-going. Yeah. 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 It's a big boat. Yeah. How specific are you getting with goal setting? Are you whittling it down to the? And how often do you think about that stuff? The daily. Daily. Yeah, you're constantly. Yeah. 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 I, I I have regular reminders up in places that I can't help but to, to see, to make sure that it stays top of mind. I mean, it's one of the hardest things for me is maintaining motivation, you know. <laughs> things get hard, sometimes things get really hard and really stressful and that can be really hard, you know, and so you kind of have to keep some, you know, feeding your head things that will help you achieve your goals rather than things that will help you avoid them. So, yeah, it's a, uh, there's a lot of management that goes into that for yourself. So, you know, I've got little pictures of, you know, the boat that I'd, I'd really like to have. I've got them up on a, on a board at home. I've got them, you know, on a place by my desk in the office for when I'm reaching for stuff. I see it when I look at it and, you know, I, I kind of try to keep those things top of mind, you know. It's easy to lose sight when you're working towards a goal that's going to take you a while to get there. At least for me, if I don't help keep that stuff fed and, and keep that at the forefront, then it's easy to get distracted or disheartened and whatever else. So, 
I think uh, uh, talking about Ben's goals and looking at his business, reverse engineering, what he's doing, how he's doing it, um, a lot of contractors, I think, have similar problems to, uh, to what Ben had that are, the, the, the solutions are relatively easy, but getting across the bridge, you know, I'm here and the solution's over here uh, is the hard part's behavioral change. So departmentalization is a good example. You know, breaking down the financial statements into verticals or segments of business so that we understand the costs. So Ben talked about pricing and getting it right and understanding how to do all that. And so Ben uh, described, he's this contractor who came through this circuitous route and got to this place. His experience, he, you know, he, he didn't perish and his work environment shaped him and so he became tougher, uh, smarter, stronger and street smart. Unfortunately, that stuff doesn't translate to growing a business. You can't put street smarts and go off and sail on your 70-foot boat and expect the business to operate. You have to have systems and processes. So the departmentalization is like one of the first steps we talked about. And um, that was th not an easy process. It's still ongoing inside of that business. Um, but it is a step that gets you to that next place where you take the next step. And you say, well, what's the next solution? And the next solution is, well, we can create a pricing system that extends beyond Ben so that he can have somebody else who knows about pricing. He doesn't have to know about pricing. And then we can then uh, explore the idea of, you know, oh, how, how do we want to position products? What kind of guarantees? How do you want to sell it? Um, how do we expand, you know, the growth of the business? And then that leads to crews and technicians and maintenance agreements. And that's a secondary discussion. So he doesn't have enough maintenance agreements in his current model. So his shoulder season is going to have pressure that's another common problem that we see out in the trade and nobody loves maintenance agreements when it's busy because when it's busy you've got all these opportunities to produce a lot of profit and uh, what you don't realize is that well th those are your seed corns you know, you, you're gathering up all those customers and you're putting them in your marketing funnel for later so when you when you don't have the opportunities those become you know core opportunities for email marketing drip campaigns the ability to access customers to sell accessories or even new replacement systems. So there's this whole set of disciplines that go into looking at a company like Ben's and saying, well, where are you today? What are the immediate problems? And, wh and what, do we, what do we do? How do we do it? So we're, we're doing a lot of that stuff. He's doing it. And uh, it's been an interesting process. So thank you, my man. No, I, I wouldn't. Uh, it's a good question. Um, I'd, I'd probably frame it in a different context. Um, ben uh, was ready to go, so he he wasn't ready until he got ready. So he's on Facebook, and you know, we see a lot of comments on Facebook. I, I get the biggest chuckle out of the Facebook network groups because you you literally are. Uh, watching people post information that is in direct conflict with one another and there's almost these arguments going on about you know who's right and who's wrong and 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 none of them are right because there's a million ways to solve a problem and there isn't just one right way to do it but what i laugh about is nobody ever provides any data they just write an opinion and it's like it's a fact and so i think one of the one of the things that i try to do is back up an opinion with well 
here's why you want to do it this way, and here's the data points. Like this is these these are the metrics that you can rely on and count on. So business owners, I think they respond to that because you're looking at your company. And so uh, Ben wanted to take his company to the next level and, uh, and create it so it's a process-driven business so that it prints money and it doesn't require Ben or it doesn't require, you know, an individual. Ben's always going to be better in the company than not in the company. We're, all entrepreneurs are. I'd like to think that in my companies, my companies are better because I'm there but they don't need me there. I'm sitting here talking to you on video today and I got four operating entities rolling. But people are working because they have some systems and procedures. So to answer the question directly, uh, Ben, his growth was when he decided that he was actually ready to start doing it. And so we all are gonna wrestle the alligator of figuring out what's next and what the priorities are and what to do first and all that, uh, but the secret is to take action and to get started. And you have to be mentally ready for that. And I think Ben will support this. Um, when you invite somebody like me or anybody else in who's basically there to evaluate it, there's an incredible amount of courage that is required there, but there's also a huge anxiety level with, well, I, don't, I really don't wanna hear about all that stuff. Like, I, you know, it, it hurts, because uh, it's personal. And uh, so it's, Invi it's almost like having the dentist crawl in and you know start <laughs> talking about your teeth you know you, you you know you haven't been flossing so you're just waiting for that conversation to say yeah you know there's a little bit of gum bleeding down here you haven't been flossing have you and the answer is no I haven't so you haven't been running your labor management well you know you, you are you looking at your invoices on a daily basis well no not really I'm too busy so uh, I think Ben is, was ready and I think the company was ready and all, all these businesses are, have the same problem. Um, you've got to be in a mindset that you've established some long-term goals, some short-term goals, and you're willing to put in process and you're willing to change your behavior pattern. You can't be uh, a entrepreneur anymore. I mean, entrepreneurs get to a place and they get stuck. All of us that are entrepreneurs get stuck. You have to decide, I don't want to be an entrepreneur anymore. I want to run a company. I don't want the company to run me. And that by itself, by definition, makes you no longer an entrepreneur. It makes you a leader. And so really the transition is, I don't want to be an entrepreneur anymore. I want to be a leader. And leaders are also entrepreneurs, but they're leaders too. An entrepreneur that's not a leader still is required in the company, the passion, the energy, um, the daily grind. And you can be very successful that way, but very few entrepreneurs ever transact their businesses and make any real wealth out of that. They, they make the money from being the entrepreneur. They're a technician. And that's what we see on the Facebook posts. It's like, well, show me your income statement. Show me what you have. You know, are you running a $20 million company or are you running a $500,000 company? There's no judgment there. The $500,000 company is great, but you're you're telling somebody who wants to run a $20 million company how to run it like a $500,000 company. And that by itself is the definition of being out of an entrepreneur and being into a process-driven leadership organized type business where you're thinking about how does this company blueprint and run itself without me? And that requires you to think differently. And I think that's what made the difference for Ben. Ben raised his hand and said, I'm ready for that. I'm ready for you to challenge me on how to do that. And, uh, and that's a work in progress, right?
Awesome content from Ben right there. Now, if you're interested in learning more about EGI membership, I encourage you to sign up for our 30-day free trial by clicking join at the top of this page. You can try out all of the online training programs absolutely free. We have videos and programs on every topic you can think of, such as leadership, financial structure, pricing, in-home sales, tech communication and selling, and much, much more. So sign up for a trial and try it out for yourself absolutely free. And if you're already a member, well, then you better be logging in and watching all these courses. Remember, training is like eating. You got to do it every single day. We'll continue our series with Ben Carter next week, which will be part four. He's going to talk about raising your labor rate and making sure you aren't your own worst enemy. We'll see you then. Until then, my friends, bye-bye for now.